We've got another exciting podcast for you tonight. We're going to review AEW Dynamite and Collision, talk about Impact's Bound for Glory, and even mention a guy who we haven't been mentioning in the past couple of weeks in CM Punk. And Kevin the Oracle has a secret question that he's going to give us that much and more, but Timekeeper, ring the bell. Welcome to the And Still a Wrestling Podcast, your weekly podcast covering the latest in the world of professional wrestling. It's professional wrestling, it's a podcast, and it's And Still a Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan the Casual, and joining me, as always, is my two good friends, Kevin the Oracle and TV's Frank, or as other people really lovingly call him, Drew the Authority. Thank you guys for getting in. I, I, I have missed you. It's been a, a long week, and one week that I wanted to start off by saying, you know what? The more that I watch AEW... And the more that I get on social media, the more that I actually want to walk away from social media when it comes to this weird infatuation with the arena and how packed it is or not. You know, Kevin, you tried to tell me this over text message a couple of weeks ago. You tried to warn me. You tried to give me the advice. But really, to be honest with you, why am I concerned with how – Many people are at a wrestling event or not. Do I enjoy the product or not? When I watch it on TV, do I enjoy Dynamite? Do I enjoy Collision? Actually, for the most part, I do. And whether or not the hard camera has, you know, floor-to-ceiling people doesn't really matter to me um, at the end of the day. I, I got to get off of social media and this weird infatuation that I think comes from just a uh, WWE trolls, you know, they can't worry about their own promotion. They have to worry about just running AEW in the mud. And really, in my opinion, now that I continue to keep looking at it, it's really just one of those things where I can't have expectations that AEW is going to fill a stadium like WWE anytime soon. It's just not, that's unrealistic. And it goes back to, do I enjoy the product or not? Are they providing an alternative to what the WWE provides? And that is yes and yes for me. Yeah, some of the best matches in history have happened in front of 50 people. You don't necessarily need a crowd to produce an excellent product. You know, there have been federations in the past that have proven that. We've seen Ring of Honor do a couple of hundred people yet have a very strong event. Back in the day, ECW, I would go to local arenas, but one of them was Salisbury Beach, Massachusetts. Held maybe 200 people, but man, everybody gave 110% in front of those 200 people. So it's not necessarily the, the, the attendance, it's the performance that's given to that attendance, whether it's 50 or 50,000. It doesn't really matter as long as the product is strong. And in your opinion, as you just said, you're enjoying the product. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. We need more optimism in professional wrestling. That that was a big problem with um, this past Saturday. Is between AEW Collision with also them adding the Battle of the Belts there at the end and 
Impact Wrestling doing um, Bound for Glory on pay-per-view and stuff like that. In both cases, both really, really, really good wrestling shows, quality matches, good entertainment. They were, it's like good. And I just don't get the stigma of why do we not have more eyes on this when this is good, entertaining wrestling shows. Part of the problem with Impact, and we'll get to that in just a little bit, is its limited ability to view on Access TV. Um, unless you're behind their paywall, watching their on-demand pay-per-views, or buying it from Fight, or whatever have you, or um, you have the ability to watch the weekly program, which I think is Thursday nights from yeah, 8 on, to 9 o'clock on, on Access TV, AXS. Okay. Um, you know, supposedly they're putting on some of the, the best professional wrestling weekly, yet no one's watching it. Now, I did watch from Bound for Glory, and I know we're going to get to that little program a little bit, but I'll give my, my feelings. Uh, on what I saw, I did watch all but the last two matches. Um, and uh, we'll talk about their their big news that came out of that pay-per-view. Um, but uh, I want to go back to Wednesday night. I want to call out the fact and pat myself. I want to I want to do a little, um, who's the guy that patted himself on the back from the WWE? Uh, Barry Horowitz, uh, dude. Barry, I want to do a little Barry Horowitz. <laughs> I said that Kyle Fletcher and Kenny Omega would go between 12 and 14 minutes. They went 13 minutes and one second. And that is why they call me the Oracle boys. Morgan, real quick. It's like when he says that, it's like, dude, we got to get Kevin that jacket. You've never seen Barry Horowitz jacket. You need to get him in that jacket where it's actually got like the sequence and rhinestones of like the hand. <laughs> the handprint. Yep. It's the best. Good times. Good times. And somebody has made it somewhere. If not, someone on Etsy can definitely make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> making it happen uh, uh, don't well when it comes to when it comes to the card uh aw dynamite again i think one of the biggest things that headlined it was sting coming out and talking about his retirement um we'll get to that before we do definitely want to start with kyle fletcher and kenny omega uh obviously w none of us on this show felt like it was going to be a bad match we all felt like it was going to be a good match um, overall, and uh, I'm still at odds on really, I think more than anything for me, it's just the use of Kenny Omega right now. Um, he's not getting any younger fellas. We already see what's happening with, with Sting. I know he's many years older, but Kenny Omega's 40 years old, guys. Sting is 25 years and older so, than Kenny Omega. And, and I he's mean, gonna, come on. That is nuts. And he, I'm just telling you, <laughs> that, I'm just telling you that Kenny Omega... Kenny Omega, he he's not getting any younger, and so, and he's gonna give matches like one hundred and twenty five percent, one hundred fifty percent, two hundred percent. Morgan, how long have you been watching Kenny Omega? Honestly, really, just his time in AEW. So you don't even know when he was at his best, because he's not at his best. So you would say you would say now he's not even at his best. No, definitely not. He has lost a step. He still really? gives a hundred percent, but yeah, yeah. You, if you haven't seen his Bullet Club time, his Kuzichka Okada matches, all three of them, then you have not seen the best of Kenny Omega. Hell, have you seen him in New Japan? He put on a clinic with Cody. Yeah, if you're only watching his AEW, you're you're missing out on his career. He has taken a step back since his injuries. Absolutely. The guy's 40 years old. It has to be expected. I do not believe he is the best professional wrestler 
currently working in the world anymore. He's top three, maybe top five, but he's not number one. And if you didn't enjoy that, if you didn't enjoy that match, if you didn't enjoy that match, next time I see you, I'm going to slap the Clemson out of you. (laughs) No, I did enjoy the match. Okay. But, you know, I I just want to see, I want to see him back up top. I want to see him with a belt, the, the, the why? AW why World does the belt, belt? Why does the belt matter? It's just a. It's just I just a piece feel like cooler. he's their number one guy. I want to see him with the belt. I, he's my favorite but, wrestler, so I want to see him. Okay, that's that's it. I'm he's buying. your favorite wrestler. It, he, it's an emotional decision. There are better and people. That's okay. No, no, nothing wrong with it. I get it. But what I'm trying to make you understand, or trying to help you understand, is you're basing your opinion off of your emotions. There are better people. And I think Andrade could be better than Kenny right now. Kenny, Kenny is not, he's lost a step. That's really what it comes down to. If you were to go back and we're going to have some homework and we'll get to that. If you were to go back and you were to watch Bullet Club in the 2017, 16, 17, 18, where he was coming up as the head of Bullet Club when AJ and Nakamura left and he was heading that headlining that, that faction the matches he had, the crispness, the speed. There are other people that are bringing that today, and he is not. Okay, got to ask this question since we brought this up. It's like you're, you're saying that Kenny, you said not in the top five, or he's um, top five, but he's not top not top five. three. Cool. Are let me ask these questions. Is Brian Danielson ahead of him? No, Danielson has also lost a step. That was proven in the match with Andrade. Andrade outshined him Saturday night. You can see these guys. You can see these guys losing a gear. Will Ospreay. We'll talk about Will Ospreay because I watched two matches this weekend with Will Ospreay. We'll talk about that. And just for a thing, is CM Punk in the top five? Fuck no. What's wrong (laughs) with you? Nothing. Just wanted to throw that in there. So... You know, I know, I know it's it was last week, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But just going back from last week, we got Kyle Fletcher, Kenny Omega. We had Tony Storms, uh, timeless. You know, new um, fantastic picture in did picture she, that she did. Did she get um, a pearl necklace? You had Sting. Oh God, yes. I, it's like <laughs> you chuckled at it, and you know it. I had to explain that one to my wife. <laughs> that that was pretty. That was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed that part of it. Sting. Uh, announces that you know he's going to retire in um, in March. I guess. Yeah, let's is, talk is about that. that paper- yeah, I like, really, I, I failed to care. I really don't care. What is oh, Sting, I do. What has Sting done other than throw himself off of objects he shouldn't throw himself off as a sixty-four-year-old man? The man deserves a final match, and like, let's face it, he's going to give a better final match than Ric Flair did. The problem he deserved- is, like, what we t- talked about is like, who do you get for an opponent? He deserved a final match 12 years ago when he left the WWE, and that was against Tyler Black. What's his name? Oh, Seth Rollins. Yes, against Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins injured him, right? The buckle bomb? Yeah. Okay. The man is a highlight reel. He's kind of like a Darby Allen these days. He just throws himself off of things. We get to see him. We get the cheap pop. It's a nostalgia act. It didn't surprise me to hear that he's retiring, but I also don't really care all that much. But what I am intrigued by is what they're going to do leading up to that final match. It was pretty clear we're going to get Lex in a wheelchair. 
We'll probably see Hogan at some point. They will bring out Ric Flair if the WWE will allow it. From what I saw, WWE may actually stop Ric Flair from appearing. Uh, but who's left? Ricky Steamboat, maybe? Vader, Vader's no longer with us. Muda? Uh, uh, yeah, you could do Muda. Muda's thing was pretty, pretty epic in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, um, but Muda retired as well. You know, I, ultimately, I, I think we're going to do a Darby Sting, and they're going to sunset Sting. No, I think Darby and him are going to team up for his final match against somebody. I don't think Sting yeah. flies solo. I don't know. I don't know. Not a solo uh, retirement match? What? Well, Ric Flair did Rick it. Ric Flair's wasn't? Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, Ric Flair's had like seven. And I believe I this, this will be his last time in the man 65 years old. So, yeah. It, again, I, I didn't – it was a very long segment, and I, I failed to really care. I oh, am, am I allowed to make crazy, insane predictions on this thing? I mean, we let Morgan talk, don't we? Okay. It's <laughs> like – because, you know, we can get to the other news of um, of the um, this past Saturday. And if we get to that, I'm going to argue and say, like, is Sting going to be done? <laughs> and stuff because on saturday as we've talked about this before um we were promised a big return at bound for glory and everybody thought it was cm punk but instead it's the real hero of the hour total non-stop action is back and because of that i immediately said like to i thought in my head what are the odds sting still ends up coming and doing one more thing for tna wrestling no oh, different boy. different different parent company with anthem now they're not owned by Dixie. It's, it's his home. I think they yeah. all. I think before. I think before TNA, once they once they take off and they're TNA again, I think they start bringing people back for one last hurrah. I would even argue the point that when his WWE his contract is up, I think AJ Styles comes home. Oh uh, come on! You're right. You're just talking crazy at this point. Nope. <laughs> why? Why would you? Why would you headline WWE to go back to the Bingo Hall? Because yeah, there would be no Slayer. reason. That's where he wants to finish out is TNA. Yeah, why, why would TNA you want to finish out there TNA. at all? I don't know. I don't have any. To me, that does. I mean, he to me, he seems like a pretty big WWE guy now. Yeah, and he puts TNA over at the end, and it's like that's the beauty of it. Well, any, so we can any all have other, our like, opinions. He thinks from from the dynamite. I mean, we've got you know the rated R rebuttal. And the Jim Ross, Nick Wayne, and his mom segment, and then starting it off with Penta El Zero Medio uh, versus Jay White, which was another good match. Hang on a second. Nick Wayne's mom can get it. Of course she can. By the oh, way, wow. that was of course, kind of, of a course. brutal segment. Oh, by the way, I, did, I didn't really actually, I would say probably one of the more headliners was Teacher versus Student, Sheeta versus Sakura. Great match. Wasn't, wasn't terrible. Um, I want to actually consider what you saw for that match and Sheeta, and she has a flurry of close fists from the top rope that she misses more than she connects with. We'll bring that up later in the show, but um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Did you know that? Did you notice Emi Sarakura is no longer coming down to the Queen song? Ever since Wembley, they haven't played her Queen song anymore. Uh, is that supposed to be an angle? Because I never really well, know where they're going with this. Or she not. used to come down as. Um, 
uh, what was the lead singer's queen's name? Uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Mercury. She would come down with the crown and the, and the scepter, and she would. It was yeah. the whole. Yeah, she hasn't done that since Wembley. Remember, she went on that rant. She was all upset that that. that um, page took it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, or no. Was, yeah, wasn't wasn't bad match. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I. It's like you've just got a thing against women's wrestling, and we know it. I just want a better. One product. interesting note. Um, after AW Dynamite, in between Dynamite and Collision, um, some eagle-eyed fans out there saw where Brock Anderson no longer on the website. Yeah. I'm so not does that mean that. that Arn Anderson will be leaving as well? I think they still use Arn as a producer, so I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, really, did his son ever do anything? He was a product of the the uh, nightmare factory and he really didn't do much of anything other than a short run on dark so with dark elevation no longer being around he doesn't have a home so um you know it's a it's a case of wrestler's son not making it there's been numerous in history so I, i'm not super surprised by that you don't know that he could be joining his boy uh, was it lexus king in nxt yeah wait a minute I, they uh, don't do the youtube um matches anymore no dark elevation is no longer a thing no yeah it's gone Really? When they stopped doing that? Rampage now. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There was three shows. We weren't even talking about Rampage anymore. It's dark. I guess talk, so. Rampage, I guess Rampage, yeah, we kind of skip yeah. over it because, because yeah. really, you know, you got your two live shows now. Yep. yep. But apparently well, Rampage is still on there and that was a real big deal for them. Uh, it was Mystico and um, uh, the guy from uh, Rapungi Vice. Um they, they had a two out of three fall match, and supposedly it was excellent. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was very good. Um, did either of you see that? No. Yeah, I missed that one, but supposedly it was a very good match. So, um, yeah, Dynamite. I, uh, Dynamite was fine. I, I thought obviously the headliner to me was was Kenny Omega and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, just like I said, he would put uh, Kyle Fletcher would lose but Kenny would make him look like a million dollars in losing. And he did. Kyle Fletcher came out as a headliner. Now they just need to develop Kyle Fletcher into a character because he really is just your average Joe. He's got no angle, no, 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 no panache. He's just a guy, but he clearly has the skill set. And if he can go toe for toe, and I believe he did against Kenny Omega in a 13 minute good bout, then the PR machine needs to get behind him, develop a character. And you're looking at the next star a next star so um i don't really remember much of anything else that was a takeaway um my like biggest takeaway good i was like my biggest takeaway was it was a good show and everything collision was better <clears throat> i did catch collision on the replay in fact i finished it just about an hour and a half ago yeah collision um, was great and that's why i hate that like i don't know what the ratings were or anything but like that was it's like i know i was flipping between that kind of trying to keep track of what was going on bound for glory while also doing football and i was like this is a good show though everything this show is you know i'm watching is delivering so i was like i don't i feel like i feel like we're not going to have enough eyes on collision but that was a good good show yeah i think yeah i felt that like point, the card up and down was really good yeah um my concern no more so is the attendance for battle for the belts um i think there were probably even less eyes on that Unfortunately, I blame that attendance so or just just viewers. Both. Well, I know the attendance was down. That they showed the arena it was pretty sad. A lot of people had left. Um, 
So if we look at the card, you've got um, you've got they started with uh, Andrade versus Brian Danielson, which I mean, to me, why don't we see Andrade? I mean, he disappeared forever. But then when he's there, he just is a jobber. I don't get it. But um, to me, he needs to be he would be one of those guys I'd like to see elevated more and 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 uh, actually be fighting for maybe the, the TNT championship or something. Wait, do you see him face Roosh? Where they is Roosh? They are going to knock their dicks in the dirt. That is going to be a knockdown drag out fight. Roosh is, he's got his own little, uh, in something, something Canobles. I can't pronounce what they say. It's, it's Spanish. In, in something des Canobles. I, I don't know what it means, but he's got his own little posse and he's coming. They have him under contract, so I think we're going to see Andrade versus Roosh, and that's going to be one smash-mouth kind of match. Speaking of it's going to be a good match, after that match is over, um, Danielson in the ring, lights go black, and he gets you know hit with the black mask from Malachi Black. Now, Malachi Black versus Danielson, there's going to be a good match to watch. So here's my first epiphany, I guess I'll call it. Danielson does not have that sixth gear anymore. And Andrade showed that up in him. I don't know if you guys caught it, but for the most part, Andrade was quicker and crisper than Brian Danielson. Now we know he's hurt. He's older. But I think that Andrade outshined Danielson in that match. And that was like an 18-minute match. It was quite long. They did two commercial breaks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good. But I don't think that Danielson has that higher gear anymore i think he's just past that point in his career what'd you guys think i mean yeah it's the younger guy versus the older guy i didn't guy. see it at all really but i mean you know it, it was a solid match i liked it i enjoyed it i think it's like i can see where you're getting with it but i still think danielson handled his business in the ring absolutely fine and i think well it's like my thing is is with Danielson basically calling the shots, from what I understand, for um, Collision now, because I understand it's no longer, you know, since CM Punk left, it's no longer the CM Punk show. It's the Brian Danielson show. I hope we get more of this. Um, I really do. Yeah, but we know he's going to be pulling back. And this is kind of his farewell tour. This last eight, ten months of, of what's left before his daughter turns six is his, his basically his victory lap. So he's getting all these dream matches in. And he's not 100%. Regardless, forty-two. Yeah, it's there's still good matches, and I'm here for it. Yep, yep, it was good, but you know what? There were better matches this weekend. It kind of goes back to what you were saying, uh, Kevin, about me trying to you trying to convince me to be a little bit more open-minded with these guys that are the forty-year-old guys putting over, or at least not not putting over, but at least wrestling the twenty-four-year-old guys. To me, it's not you know, the flashiest thing for the casuals. I have to admit, I I don't think it is. But for long term, you know, as you mentioned, if you think about it long term, we know, like, these guys aren't going to be around for, you know, 10 years. And if they are around for 10 years, they're not going to be going at full speed, as you mentioned. Right. And you have to bring out that next generation. Otherwise, you're not going to have a product and the sport is just, just going to fade out. Um, and that's what this sport is very cyclical. It, it ebbs and flows. You know, you have your generational superstars. Uh, you have your Hogan's, your Rock's, your Cena's. Um, and right now, I'm not sure that we have that. 
I don't think MJF is going to go on to be a movie star. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to be wrong. Um, but I don't see anybody mm. that is going to be that next crossover star that's currently under contract on either side. I will say, I'll back on, up on, on Collision as well. It's like I saw a lot of potentially guys that have the potential to carry this company or professional wrestling into the next decade. You know, like I said, Andrade, it's like fantastic. I saw Miro came back tonight. Looks great. Um, Ricky Starks is looking wait, wait, more wait, wait, like wait, a wait. better heel. Wait a minute. What, what, what did Miro do that made you think he looked great? He did the same shit he does all the time, and he does it like once every three months. Same move that works. It's it's yes, but it's the same fucking match no matter who's he in who he's in there with. He bumps a couple of times, which he shouldn't be as a big man against the 160 pound action Andretti. Sorry, that should have been complete swatch squash. But unfortunately, he let him bump, and that was a bad idea. It I ends the same way. <laughs> okay, if it's a squash, why let him get in offense? Why would just, a 300 pound guy? Bump for 160 pound high flyer. I've watched Twigs back in WCW bump for, or, you know, get offense in against Vader. Well, like, what did you just say? You just said WCW, right? Was that wrestling? Yeah. No. no. WCW, it's like 1991 WCW, that was wrestling. Listen, if that's true, then who and two Guerrero was it Bound for Glory? Was that wrestling? Maybe. I stand, yeah, exactly. I stand by my comments. Morgan, we're talking over your head here. Hooven to Guerrero, Hoovy Juice. He was in. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I know, I, I know Hoovy. I, I okay. remember him from. I remember him as a kid in WCW. So I, I was originally turned on to him in ECW. Rey Mysterio against Hoovy was fantastic. And that was back when Lucha was just becoming a thing and we were getting to see it in the United States. And it was a completely different style and it was just amazing. They had a series of matches in ECW. Uh, that were just incredible. And then they went on to WCW, and then, of course, history. WCW squashed the shit out of them. But uh, it was it was interesting to see who would be a bomb for glory. But I want to finish up in Collision, and then we'll jump over to bomb for glory. So what else was there on the Collision? We saw yeah, the I mean, uh, House of Black. House of Black and, showed up. They, I think they may have a problem so with FTR. So, well, here's the, yes. here's the thing. Let me, let me say something about uh, House of Black real quick. So House of Black... Uh, because because I think we we skipped the match that was very important. Uh, Sky Blue Sky has Blue? a match. <laughs> so, Do you know who that girl was? Was that wrestling, uh, Kevin? No. Do you know who that girl was? Hollywood. What's her name? Hollywood. No. There's a series on Netflix about Ohio Valley wrestling, which is uh, uh, Al Snow's. He basically right. runs runs that federation, and she is. I the started Netflix- watching it. She's a Netflix star, Hollywood. What's her name? Uh, Nyla Hollywood or Highland, uh, uh, Hollywood Nyla? What the oh, hell's her name? I know Hollywood. Yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, that was the girl. That was her. That was the girl, Scott really. Yep. Yep. So here's the, here's the thing about that, real quick. She comes out in the Scooby Doo outfit. Yes, by the way, is nice. Sky blue, dude. She's got fat labia. Take a look at that outfit. She's got huge labia. So, she. About back to the wrestling, she is, she is. My problem with her is that she's undergoing this transformation, and she's still wearing. You know, I don't. I don't think it was a good choice of outfit. 
in the fact that she was she's in this transformation for the past like three weeks now of becoming less bubbly. Did and she you comes out in a Scooby Doo outfit, wearing a cheerleader outfit for the majority of her transformation. Listen, she wouldn't. She would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Okay. By the way, Kevin Hollywood Haley. There we go. I knew it was Hollywood anyway. something. So, so here's another thing. She's got these like creepy looking, you know, the blackness in her eyes, right? But then, did you notice where Malachi Black comes out and has no paint on his eye? It's gone. After three nope. plus years, it's gone. Is that something or nothing? I don't no, know. I think the eye was still, the contact was still in. Congratulations to Julia Hart by getting married over the weekend, by the way. Oh, she did. Good for her. Yes. Yep. Um, I I want to see Black uh, Blackpool Blackpool Combat Club against House of Black. I don't really care to see him against anybody else. They're credible. They're both smash smash mouth. I want to see an eighteen. But the question is, 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 so so I'm Sky, I'm reading Sky Blue too is much turning heels. It. Sky Blue is turning heel. It's pretty much predetermined at this point. Yeah. Okay, but it's a slow burn. But for for Malachi with not wearing the paint, was that just a mistake? I think it was just a, a botch just ran on out. their end. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything behind it. Who, Julia Hart. Julia Hart. DNA. I mean, with AEW. Yeah, Julia Hart is still doing the mist when she's not getting married, so. Um, I think you're going to continue to see like Willow who had it sprayed in her face. Who else had the mist sprayed in her face? Uh, Willow Nightingale didn't. Yeah, yeah, Willow, Willow. And there was a third person too, I thought. But clearly, it's they're quote unquote infected and they're you know they're turning heel. So I, I think I think Sky Blue. Yeah, is not a, everybody is get, not everybody actually gets infected by it. It seems like they they some people get sprayed and then they don't. So wait, it's COVID of wrestling? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, some people work through the pain. I'm saying that some, it seems like some wrestlers may be vaccinated. There you go. Yeah, like Pac was, or Pac was. There you go. I feel like, I feel like Statlander or somebody important like Statlander or Soho got it as well. Or maybe it was Soraya. Somebody got it and they didn't turn or anything and they just kind of didn't talk about it. Actually, shout out to Statlander. Did you see her? Um, do knee, knee bends with Lexi on her squat her shoulders. Yeah, she was doing squats. Fantastic. She's like six or seven, and they were both carrying on the interview. How is that? How uh, is that a shout out? She's probably like ninety pounds. Shit. No, no, not well. Yes, but Statlander's no ninety pounder. She's a good buck and a half if she's anything. She's a she's a a, a thick girl in a good way. So, but yeah, Lexi Nair, I enjoyed it. And one one knock on Lexi Nair. The next time you guys watch her do an interview, watch her mouth. Tony Schiavone does the same thing. They need to know when to move the mic, and you'll see them with their mouth just mumbling the the lines. You can see them saying the words without the, the person they're interviewing. They have to know when their mark is, so they know their lines as well. So every once in a while, Lexi Nair will, will mouth the words, but Tony Schiavone is famous for doing it. He's been doing it since WCW, uh, where he will basically sit there and recite the whole the whole monologue, so to speak, um, while he's looking at the camera. So. Uh, but yes, yeah, Statlander doing the squats with 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 uh, Lexinaire. I I enjoyed that. That was fun. Okay, Kevin, real quick, it's like, what about the street fight, Kingston and Jarrett? What do you think of that? I thought the match was bullshit. The fact that it took what six, five and a half people to take him out, uh, setting up Jay Lethal. Um, I didn't think the match was very good. In fact, I thought it was quite sloppy. But I I just just saw that interview an hour, two hours ago. 
And man, I love Eddie Kingston. And, you know, as my wife was watching over my shoulder, she's like, what do you like so much about this guy? I'm like, because he believes it. He truly believes that he's in a fight for his life. And you see all that passion come out. She said, what if he's just a good actor? She might have a point. But hey, nonetheless, uh, he's, that's, the that's best part of that match, great. the best part of the match was the interview. That was the best part of that match. And Jared needs to stop over-dyeing his hair. It was almost orange. It was so yellow. Put put that guy on my list, too, for a cameo appearance in the new TNA. I mean, he Jarrett, owned it for a short period, didn't he? Jarrett, yeah, Jarrett will find his way home for a match or two. I guarantee you, Tony, I know he's in the company. Tony Khan will lend that man, you know, some time to go over there and have one more good, confusing King of the Mountain match. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the good old Tony days are still around. He's just getting his his head knocked around. I think he's getting a little full of himself. Uh, might be having some some a bit of adversity in his own company, and I, he's uh, he's finding it's a little more difficult to run this business than he thought. But we'll see. We'll see. So if we're all done with the AEW, I'll get into Bound for Glory. I don't know if you guys watch Bound for Glory, but um, it was good. It was good. I haven't watched. Uh, I hadn't sat down and seriously watched a pay per view from Impact in in many many years um and the product was decent i mean it had a little bit of everything for everybody you had your crazy ass match which was the monsters ball you know you're supposed to believe that these guys were locked in closets for 24 hours without food or light then they were released to have a match which i mean come on but, i love tna uh, <laughs> it was uh there was a, a a so first of all if anybody listening doesn't know who pco is pco is pierre carl Ouellette who originally wrestled as a pirate in the WWE in the early 90s. And Becker. He was also, yes, he was also, thank you. Thanks yeah, for, he's a for burying, burying, thanks, for, thanks for burying the lead. He is now playing an inhuman in the character of PCO. He is, that's his tag. He's not a human. Um, he's done some crazy stuff. He did some crazy ass shit in Lucha Underground. Uh, but he took a bump. The man is, Morgan, check me on this. The man is 64, I believe. Pierre Calhoulet, PCO. He is no longer under contract with Impact. I believe this was his last match. They had a bed of cinder blocks that were shoot cinder blocks. They weren't fake. It was about six feet wide, six feet long. He's 55? 55. Thank you. He took a power bomb on the cinder blocks covered in tacks. His head bounced off the cinder blocks. There's no working that. And you know it's you know it's for real too when like like I said it doesn't make like a crunching sound it makes like a slap I thought I thought and the man won the match he came back to win the match he actually got up from that power bomb power bomb on cinder blocks covered in thumbtacks he had tacks in the back of his head in the back of his neck it was it was a schmoz match but kudos um, the opening match was Chris Sabin um it was good it was for the x division i forget it was chris saban versus kenta uh, yes uh not bad i'm not a huge kenta fan um but it was pretty good it was pretty good um the the monsters ball like i said was pco then we got abc versus the rascals and i'm not super familiar with the rascals i know who trey miguel is uh, i know who chris bay and ace austin are uh, good back and forth match, typical like 200 pound high flyer kind of match. Done very well. Uh, I think it went about 10 minutes. It, it was it was enjoyable. 
Uh, the standout for me, and I should have turned it off after this match, actually. The standout for me was Will Ospreay versus uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Now, I talked to you guys about this last week. I told you that I was really looking forward to this match. There was quite a bit of hype around this match, and it lived up to it. It was start to finish a whole nother gear. Both of these guys have very accurate, very fast-paced offense, and they lay their shit in. They don't pull anything. This went about 20 minutes, and I think it was perfect timing. And at that point, which was Saturday night at about 9.15, I believe this match was match of the year. I really, truly did. Uh, and had I not watched what I watched two hours ago, I would stand by the fact that that was match of the year. And if you have not seen this match, you need to go, you need to go back and watch this match. You need to find it and go watch it. Um, very well done. I'm going to save this for a little bit. We're going to jump to the next part. Uh, I want to go back and I want to expound and I want to ask you my question. So uh, after sure. that, it, it was the 20 man uh, call your shot gauntlet, which is a historical thing. They do at bound for glory. Um, in the past, it's been won by uh, Bully Ray uh, and a few others, but it came down to, there were surprises. There was Sonny Kiss who made his um, impact debut. There and was that's where Hoovy was too. Yes, that's Hoovy was there. Hoovy Guerrero was there, and we also got Matt Cardona. Those were your surprises. Um, it came <clears> down to Jordan Grace and Bubba uh, Bully Ray, Bully and Ray. Bully Ray. And I also want to earmark this match because I'm going to refer to it again. Uh, basically, Bully Ray put over Jordan Grace, so it was one of those "Are you kidding me?" kind of things. Um, even in the offense that she was getting in. Uh, and I will say the best part, or, 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 or maybe not the best part, depending who you are, when Jordan Grace beat Bully Ray, her booby popped out, and she had to stuff it back in. Uh, so that was either the <laughs> highlight or the low light of the match. But she basically said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge for the women's title. And that was when I turned the TV off. Uh, I'm sorry. This, this entertainment, this form of entertainment is designed to take me out of reality, suspend disbelief, but I can't, I can't not believe seeing a 300-pound man not be able to beat a 200-pound muscle-bound woman. It was sad. Uh, I thought it was a bad decision, and I wound up turning it off after that. So overall, for me, Bound for Glory was good, and then they just kicked me in the nuts with this this uh, inter intergender call-your-shot gauntlet. So they kind of lost me, and I basically turned it off after that. And what I missed was was uh, you know Trinity beating Mickey James. And then Alex Shelley beating Josh Alexander, which was a huge upset from what I understand. Everybody expected Josh Alexander to take it back after his injury, uh, but they went the other way. But what did come out of this, and it seems like, um, Drew, you did the research here. Go ahead and announce Impact's big right, news. We, it's like, TNA is back, baby. <laughs> it's like, we're getting, it's like, I hope we get it all. I hope we get, it's like the Impact Zones, six-sided rings, you know, confusing, nonsensical matches, like a reverse battle royal and whatever the heck the King of the Mountain match was. <laughs> Give it all. Yeah. It's like, and, and endless amounts of former WWE talent. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so much excited, but uh, TNA rolls off the tongue a lot easier than Impact Are you does, kidding? So. Guys like Dolph Ziggler and Shelton Benjamin have to be thrilled. The home for you know, it's like for released WWE stars is back. Yeah, that was a different time, a different era. You know, Dixie Carter and her family owned it. Now Anthem owns it. 
They're a bit more uh, business structured. Um, who is calling? Who's got the pencil there? A um, little short. Yeah, a little short Canadian guy. Scott uh, there you go. Scott Demore is running and, and, and he's got the pencil. It's him and uh, him and um, Tommy Dreamer, from what I understand. And I think Bully Ray is also an agent there as well. So uh, actually, he's got women. They've got they basically got four fifths of busted open. <laughs> under contract <laughs> actually i think the only two people co-hosts that aren't in there even david lagrega's got some tv time on impact so uh um uh uh mark henry and uh who's the the female that got hurt in aew um mickey james thunder rosa no thunder rosa those are the only two that aren't in impact that are on uh on busted open so shout out to busted open and david lagrega yeah, so I want to. Uh, As you're again, seeing, you're talking about something I didn't see. I'm looking at the Bound of Glory spoilers for Will Ospreay and uh, Mike Bailey. Speedball, yeah. And just from the highlights alone, it is a match that I would want to watch. I mean, it is by far um, some exciting three minutes of highlights. So I can only imagine the full match. Um, How many times can you get kneed in the face? Well, okay. So the guy's that, not even wearing shoes. Like he's not wearing boots. No, I told you he's the karate kid. He even does the karate kid pose. He's got the mullet. He's not, he doesn't wear shoes. Uh, he's been on the scene for like 10 years. And he's very good. He's very good. But when you watch that match, you will see what I mean by a sixth gear. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. Danielson had it in the WWE. Yeah. Kenny had it in New Japan. And he did have it in his beginning of the AEW run. However, the last match that I watched, and I watched it about two hours ago, and this is the match of the year. I watched Rev Pro, and it was Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. in a 30-minute bar none best match of the year. And that brings me to my question. All right. Well, before you get to your question, go ahead. would you say that the ring that they were in was a little bit bouncier than what you see in AEW? I mean, I'm watching this, and maybe it's just the moves they're doing, but it's kind of bouncy. Most rings are built the same way. It's a steel frame with a, a piston in the middle and two by sixes, a small thin layer of foam, and then a top over the top. So no, I don't think the match is any other. Uh, the ring is any different. Um, no, I, I don't think so. There was a time and a place where there were ring size differences. WCW had a smaller ring. WWE had a larger ring by I think it was a foot or foot and a half. Uh, but Listen most rings are built. Most rings are built the same way. Unless you're uh, in Matt. By Hardy the way, and nobody ever acknowledged the fact that I did notice that WWE hard cam was opposite in some of their shows. You mean WCW. Well, I also or think WCW. it depends. I think it depends on the arena that they're at or the the building that they're at. I think dictates. I could be wrong, yeah. but like I as a kid I growing I, up, Boston Garden WWE always set the hard cam on the on the the same exact side every single time. They never varied. But I think if you go to different arenas, depending on setups and, and floor setups, I think it forces their hand as to which side they can set the hard cam up on. Right. I mean, it uh, looks like Impact did. I mean, it looks like Impact did the same thing with Bound of Glory, Bound Bound for Glory, because um, it looks like the entrance is to the right of the camera. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if there's a science behind it or what, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Again, I'm not exactly sure why they what side why they choose what side they do 
Um, but again, it can may come down to aesthetics as far as what the arena. Nothing, kinda... nothing makes more sense to me than everybody does it this one way and WCW would do it the complete opposite. In mm. Bischoff, that's, we trust. That's WCW <laughs> for you, man. All right. So you guys ready for my question? And I'm going to yep. give my wife, my yeah, wife credit because she it. asked me, she asked me and, and I said, you know, that's really good. I need to think about it. So it's very simple. What makes you enjoy a wrestling match? What do you want to see? What do you look for? And what constitutes a match of the year in your opinion? Think about that for a minute. While you're thinking about that, I'm going to tell you why. I watched, I watched Bound for Glory and Speedball, Will Ospreay. Amazing match. In my opinion, it was the best match I had seen, bar none all year. And then I watched Rev Pro tonight. Lower quality wasn't an HD. And I, I suggest that you guys go watch this. It's a half hour of your life that you will thoroughly enjoy watching professional wrestling. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. of Rev Pro, which is a combined show between uh, Rev Pro and New Japan. So you had Red Shoes uh, officiating. It was 30 minutes of back and forth action. No one missed a spot. No one took a powder. They were in sixth gear from the beginning of the end. Very similar to the match that I had seen with Speedball. But unfortunately, Speedball and Osprey had one or two one or two moves that didn't go as smoothly as they should have. And for me, that was a four and a half star match. But this Rev Pro match, and I don't think I'm going to see anything that's better this year, was five stars. And from what I just saw, Dave Meltzer gave it five and a half stars. So in my opinion, that was the best match of the year. But my question is, what constitutes a good match in your opinion, Morgan? Oh, I have to go first? Okay. Well... I think for me, um, I'm less on the, I'm less on the, the super realistic, um, technical side of things. So like typically I don't prefer to see something, um, with Brian Danielson, for example, or with Dean Malenko or, or just something where there's a lot of different submissions. So for me, I like technical work. But typically when it comes more of the way of like Osprey or uh, Omega, uh, the Young Bucks, I, you know, I like seeing more of a flyer, but not like overly. But I think for, number one for me, let me go back to that. So number one for me is something that I've been griping about for the past couple of weeks on the podcast is just the storytelling. Like I want to be compelled to – feel like that there's there's more to it than just uh, a you know two guys wrestling a great match. I want to feel like there's an actual story behind it or there's a build up to it. Um and then I want to feel like the characters actually mean something. They're not just like you know just themselves out there. I want to feel like that there's some history with the character as well. Um I guess what you could say is I'm more of a match pacing guy than I am a uh, technicality or a technical on the mat guy. I'd rather see a pretty upbeat pace, which is what you see when you get like the elite versus, uh, which one of one of the hang uh, one of the best matches of AEW was Page and Hangman or Page and Omega versus the Bucks. 
um, gosh, three years ago, you know? So like those guys doing that kind that kind of pacing, um, you know, I don't like it when it's, when it slows down to a, to a halt. Um, I know a lot of people do like that and I'm not knocking it at all, but that's kind of my, my thought is like, I want to see you, I want to see wrestlers out there that are not like the Miro's of the world. Like you mentioned, not to knock Miro at all. Cause he, he does his, his thing, but you have to have more than just one thing. You know, I want you to be able to hit uh, a few different signature, um, moves, whether or not you're the, you're your finisher or not. Um, but, but yeah, and I don't even need a surprise element. I, I just, I just want to see a match where, you know, two guys are giving it their all and, and they're both in, in shape and the pace is good and the story is good and and the characters are matter you know that that's my that's kind of what my thoughts are i know it's a little bit of, a lot of everything but let me uh, let me ask you a clarifying question you said the guys are in shape eddie kingston is probably yeah, one like, of the most believable wrestlers that walk the planet right who? now eddie kingston and the man is not in shape do you not yeah, him I mean, for not being I, in shape um i prefer i would i he doesn't compel me to he it would be very hard for him to, me to give him a a, a five, five or six star match uh okay. rating i i just he doesn't compel me but he's also more of a bruiser um you know he's not the he's not the kind of pace guy that i like so you know it goes back to that okay all right do you want a more methodical not predictable but not a high-flying spot monkey match. So you prefer what you saw Saturday night with Collision, which was Andrade versus Danielson. What I didn't like about that match is it start and stopped six times in the first 10 minutes. Oh, oh, you just bested my move. Let me sit back. Let me put one knee down. Let me take a breather. Let me gather my composure. Let's do it again. Now you take a knee. Your dick is in the dirt. Let's pose. Let's calm down. Let's go again. Is that what you prefer? No, I'm not a big Brian Danielson fan, to be honest with you. Um, just be okay because of that type of, um, like I said, I, at least with AEW, I'm more of an elite uh, guy. Okay. You know? So then let me ask you have you enjoyed the. Uh, the, the the lucha bros against the young bucks have you enjoyed those matches yeah i i do i feel like that you can't play you can't ma match them up every single week and that's a you know part of having variety but um when they are matched up i look forward to it okay all right any any last words? I mean that that you, you gave us quite a bit there. There's a lot to unpack, and we don't have that much time. But it sounds like you would prefer a, a very a yeah, slower yeah. pace. I mean, you know, it's it's a good more I mean, storytelling. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to just walk into a match and not have any kind of backstory. Um, you know, even though even though I know it's going to be a good match, I'll I'll still watch it. But um, like I said, I want there to be some meaning behind it. You know. So that that's that's where I'm at. Okay, fair enough. Drew, what do you think? Um, are we talking about like what constitute a five star match or what constitute a good match for me? 
what constitutes a good match for you. Okay, for me, I'm I'm a sucker for the storyline and the drama and stuff. That's usually my my main go-to. I mean, I make no bones about it. The first match that actually got me into wrestling, and I absolutely still to this day love this match, is WrestleMania 7 with the Ultimate Warrior versus Randy Savage. That match, it's like, and that's saying something because this is a match that involves the Ultimate Warrior. You're not going to get a five-star out of order. But I will stand by this point. Savage got the best match out of Ultimate Warrior as an entire career right here on this match. Highly recommend you watch it. But you know, and then the match after, it's like one of the other matches that made solidified pro wrestling for me was SummerSlam that same year. Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title. Matches, when they can tell a story within the match, is a big, big thing for me. And in my mind, that to me is what my, what my five-star match is going to end up being. Also, I obligatorily have to say this is, I'm also a sucker for the car crashes every once in a while. Like the TLC matches in in the early 2000s with WWE are fan were fantastic. And what was it? Anarchy in the arena. It's like mm. that Eddie Kingston and the Jericho Appreciation Society. I liked it. I know some people it's not their cup of tea, but I had fun. Sure. I mean, you're talking to a guy who watches GCW, so it's death match. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It, it. This is a little something for everybody. So you're more of a, I want more story behind it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily be need to be high impact. Yeah. Like, I mean, I enjoy watching, you know, when you do something like Andrade versus Brian Danielson, for example, or Speedball Mike Bailey against Osprey. I enjoy these matches. I love them to death. But just putting two guys together for the sake of, you know, having a great match is, is fine and all. But I don't – it's like – but, you know, it's harder for me than best. Whereas opposed to, like, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay fighting each other, I know there's, blood, you know, bad blood between these two. And they are able to convey that in that match as well. Okay. Fair enough. Anything else to add? Um, I don't – it's like – I think that's the biggest thing about it. It's like, I love, it's like, I like technical wrestling. I like car crashes and all this stuff, but I think more than anything for a match to be good and fun, it's like, it should be fun. It should be engaging. As long as it is something that, you know, the people in the audience are the pe- or the people watching at home are on the edge of their seats invested in, then we've got a good match. Fair enough. For me, it's 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 <laughs> it's very layered. So first off, it needs to be more than ten minutes and typically less than forty-five. If you're going to take that time in my life, you need to entertain me on a different level. I don't want to just see something you're going to put on TV. I want to see a few different things. I want to see believability. If you're asking me to suspend disbelief, there can't be a single point in that match in which you miss. And I'll give you an example. Hikaru Shida, we talked about her earlier. When she goes up to the top rope and she does her hammer fists on whoever is on the the ring buckle, nine times out of ten, she doesn't even come close to connecting. You've lost me. I'm going to change the channel. If you're asking me to invest, I need to be watching a UFC fight, but it needs to be professional wrestling. And I'm getting that with the likes of Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Andrade, on occasion, Swerve Strickland, 
Um, speedball Mike Bailey. You need to, I can, I, I, okay. So I watch a lot of different things. I watch professional wrestling. I watch bare knuckle boxing. I watch UFC. You don't need a story in my opinion to put two guys in a ring and have a good match. And I will give you the prime example. And I will tell you that I am going to give you homework and it's up to you guys. If you choose to watch, go find Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. from, from uh, the UK last week. It's on YouTube. It's uh, about 30 minutes. It's not the best quality. It's like standard TV 540 resolution, but it's match of the year. There's never a missed spot. There's no communication. You can't see these guys talking. It's high impact. Smash mouth. Submission. Yaveo style, which is a bit of the Lucha Libre with Mexican style mixed with British style. For 30 minutes, I sat there with my jaw on the floor. Again, today, walking the, the, the earth on an active roster anywhere, there is nobody better than Will Ospreay. He's succeeded Kenny Omega, in my opinion, within the last year or two. For a match to be good, again, I have to be able to suspend, suspend this belief and don't, don't insult my intelligence. It has to be 10 to 45 minutes. It has to be snug. It has to be stiff. Not, not to the point where they're hurting each other. I don't need to see light tubes and plate glass, barbed wire. This match that I watched today had none of that. And it's match of the year, in my opinion. And it's going to be hard-pressed for anybody to exceed or convince me that it's not. But in this world, we're in some dark times. And if you're going to take me out of everyday society and just let my mind relax and enjoy physical entertainment, the match that I watched with Rev Pro between Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. did that for me two hours ago. And that's what makes a good professional wrestling match, in my opinion. And we know that styles make matches. Sometimes you can have a high flyer and a submission specialist. We got two guys that could do both. And until I saw this match, Speedball and Osprey was match of the year for me. Go watch Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. And in my opinion, Will Ospreay is the best professional wrestler walking the earth right now who's currently active anywhere in the world. That's my opinion. I can believe that. I'm just in the matches we've seen of him alone. He's definitely in the top three right now, just with what he's able to accomplish. I think you also hit up on a point where it's like, you know, that's one of the biggest things about professional wrestling in general is I want, it's like, we need, when we watch professional wrestling, we want you to take us out of our reality and let us invest in this, you know, Take me somewhere else where I'm going to have a good time. Yep. Yep. If you're going to take that time in my life, we all know we have a, a finite number, uh, finite, finite, <laughs> finite time on this earth. And you're going to ask me to watch two hours of your product, make it goddamn good. Valid point. Morgan, you seem to be a little bit speechless and that's unusual for you. No, I I uh I think that we all have very thoughtful and reasons about why we like wrestling or why we watch wrestling, what matches we like the most and I think that's another really cool thing about wrestling is you know 
I, I go to college football a lot. I go to many different sporting events a lot. And you see typically in the stadium, in the arena, it's even especially when you go to like concerts, as you, you guys know, you see one type of person. You see usually see one, um, you know, one dominant type of person that goes to those events. And not so with wrestling, you know, and that's one thing that I like about it is that when I go there, I'm not going to see a bunch of people that are exactly like me. And I'm not just talking about like the actual wrestlers themselves, because that is very true. None of them are anywhere near me. But um, when it comes to the, the people in the stands to see the diversity that's out there, um, that's part of the reason why I like wrestling so much is because you know, there, there's there's so many different people from different backgrounds that like it for different reasons and got into it for different reasons and can enjoy different styles. You know, there might be a match that, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom on that match or I'm going to go get some popcorn or whatever. I'm going to go get it, buy a belt. You know, that that's probably what Drew's thinking is he's going to buy a belt. But, um, you know, then there might be another match where, hey, I'm not leaving my seat for this, you know. And it's two completely different wrestlers, and um, but they they bring value to to the uh, the promotion. So, I think it's pretty cool to be honest with you. Yeah, again, to your point, you know, we 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 aren't your typical professional wrestling fans. But what is a typical professional wrestling fan? And I'll leave it with that. That's our thought for the week, guys. Try to find that Rep Pro match because I'm going to bring it up next week and ask what you guys thought of it. Um, in the meantime, man. Another great show, boys. Have a great week. See you later, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for listening in and tuning in over on Spotify or Apple uh, Podcasts or wherever you get this uh, podcast and listen in. As far as myself and the other guys here, we hope you have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you next week on And Still a Wrestling Podcast.